0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my co-host, Katie Weaver. Hello. So excited to be joining you on our weekly podcast. It is um, the third installment of quite a story we've been telling, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But we always kind of like to check in. You know,
1: Katie, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. This is my fifth week of being in quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) we did finally sneak out and go sit around a campfire with uh, our other sister this weekend a little bit just uh you know keeping our distance but uh sitting around the fire which was nice but uh i am good i tensions in my house are a little high i think everybody's <laughs> just there they've had enough of this shit you know <laughs> yeah. so we're finding ways to uh you know quarantine together apart <laughs> <laughs> So everyone can have a break from each other a little bit. It's, I, I've definitely been noticing a little uh, little more snippy stuff, a little more, uh, you know, shady stuff going on. So yeah, it's interesting. Uh-huh. We've had enough, but we haven't I had enough because we're still
0: here. Yeah. I, I hear you. I had a freak out a few days ago and Ron just like, I think you need, I think we need to go for a walk. And she just got me out of the house and we took a big long walk. because so I was mm-hmm. like, I've about had all I can take. And. Somebody's going down and I don't even know who it is because I'm not even mad at anybody. But yeah. Uh Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, the updates on this story have really kept me busy and (laughs) researching on it. And, you know, it just seems like there's something new almost every day. Yeah. And it's been a really busy week. It has. It has. So let's jump right in. Of course, we are covering the ongoing missing children case. Mm-hmm. The Daybell Vallow case, which is the name of the two adults that are involved, but the children are J.J. Vallow and Tylie Ryan. As you know, probably if you've <laughs> been listening to us or if you've been paying any attention to the news, these children have been missing since September of last year. And their mother is currently incarcerated in the Madison County Jail in Rexburg, Idaho, which is where Katie lives and 25 miles from where I live. So this is a very relevant case to us. Um, and she is awaiting her um, pretrial hearing coming up. And I think there's a bail reduction hearing coming up, several things coming up.
1: Yeah. Uh, and On the and 24th, she, I believe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In which she continues to refuse to tell anyone where her children are. So we have covered already the basic story of the children's disappearance Um, two weeks ago. And then Mm -hmm. our last episode was about Joseph Ryan, who is Tylee Ryan's father, who passed away a couple of years ago. So we've been trying to get in. This is such a complicated case. If you could see it in a Venn diagram on the wall, it would take up like half my house. Um, There's so many people and so many situations. And so we were just trying to cover it kind of a step at a time. But we wanted today to get into the beliefs the religious beliefs and the cultural beliefs that are heavily driving this situation. Mm -hmm. And and one of the reasons that we want to talk about them is because underlying all of this, Chad and Lori are LDS. They're um, Mormons, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mm -hmm. Katie and I were both raised LDS. And so although we're no longer affiliated with that church, we do have, I think, a unique insight into this because we get where some of this is coming from. Now, you got to know that these two are extremists and they're not really, what they're doing now is not really Mormonism. It is Mormonism on steroids, also Mm -hmm. hallucinogens, I think.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) And Chad has been excommunicated. Yes. So I I know a lot of um, LDS people want to clarify that because they're feeling so uncomfortable about being associated with these fools, you know. And so the Chad has at some point between the time of uh, Tammy's death and now uh, has been by his own mouth uh, been excommunicated. So he is no longer a member, but he has been up until this point. Has been
0: and and has been a very um, prolific writer. In, in yeah. Mormon Mormon fiction, mostly mm-hmm. some some more um, uh, memoir type books of his own life as well, but a lot mm-hmm. of um, fiction. His stuff. Now, I, I'm going to tell you something on his Facebook page, which is still active. You can find him and see that he's actually still posting
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, with a he, public page. With yeah. a public page, yeah. Uh, he call his at is the Doomsday Writer. So if that tells you anything, his books are about um, post-apocalyptic kinds of things. Uh, lots of stuff about you know adventure kinds of stories about you know after the apocalypse has occurred or after the second coming of Jesus Christ has occurred, mm-hmm. and and all the things that might happen then. He also has done some writing about himself and his own um, near-death experience, mm-hmm. and a lot and some writing about himself as a medium that he. Mm-hmm you know, does, um, identify himself as a medium that he can communicate with those who have crossed over. Now those aren't that unusual. And I wouldn't call that no. wackadoodle stuff at all. I mean, lots of people have had those experiences and you yeah. yourself, Katie are a medium. Yeah. And so certainly that stuff is, you know, I, I'm not saying that that's outside the norm. It's not at all, but that's, yeah. he's very prolific as a writer. I can't remember how many yeah. books he has, but it's many,
1: mm-hmm. many, Quite many
0: books. And, um, it has, been um, in the past very popular as a as a Mormon writer. Yeah. So that's just something to know about him, is that where he's coming from, is he's been putting his um, beliefs out there into the world in the form of his books for a long time. Yeah. And that's something that uh, a lot of people have had experience with him. And I, you know, one thing that I've heard from local people is that The Chad that they have known in the past and who they read their books, his books, and went to church with him is a completely different person than who he is now. He's gone through a really significant transformation, I guess is the word that you would use. Yeah. None of these things were anticipated to happen by anybody in his life. If you were, you know, even a couple of years ago to say that he would be. You know, potentially suspected of killing his wife, um, mm-hmm. potentially su- suspected of in, involvement in them, you know these two children being missing. Those kinds of things. No one would have believed him. Would yeah. would have believed you about that, particularly not his wife who passed away last year. So
1: right, some, some significant right. things it was have his happened. Right hand in his publishing house. I mean, he had a, a little publishing firm that he published all of his books through and other people's as well. And she was all about that. Mm-hmm. She was a, a very, very active. active part of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. she was a librarian.
1: And I think
0: books had a huge, you know, meaning for her. Books were important to her. And so being yeah. involved in publishing and, and, and certainly this, you know, this was her religion as well. And, and so you know, books that were published from that standpoint with those beliefs uh, that was important
1: to her as well. So yeah, she Mm -hmm. was very actively involved. So I do have a list here of of his titles. Are you interested in hearing them? Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear them. Okay. So according to Amazon, at least what you can get from them, Mm -hmm. he has martial law, the great gathering, evading Babylon, living on the edge of heaven, one foot in the grave, The Celestial City, Days of Fury, Reclaiming Liberty, The Rise of Zion, which is an interesting thing because Mm -hmm. that's something that is talked about uh, in the LDS Church and among people where we live. That word has heavy meaning in, in that culture. Yeah. An Errand for Emma, The Keys of the Kingdom, Chasing Paradise, A Prophet in Palmyra, Baptism and the ironic Priesthood. So those uh, mm. those are all of the titles that I'm seeing. At least he he may have more, but mm-hmm. those are all the ones that you can at least access on Amazon. Though I would uh, recommend that you don't, because one thing I had heard was that they one way that you know they're trying to fund uh, all of their legal fees and whatnot uh, is that actually he experienced a huge spike in book sales because people mm-hmm. were. You know, trying sure to get is. a feel for who this person is. Yeah, so uh, you know, just know that if you are purchasing his books, you may be adding more money to their legal fees to defend. Uh, you know, these missing ki- or to you know that, to maybe help the other side of these missing kids. So you know, I can't tell you what to do, but just think about that if you're. Yeah, <laughs> I at stuff, but I'm not buying any of it. That's for mm-hmm.
0: sure. So that's a little bit about who he has been in the past. So that's a, you know, his near, near death experience at 17 mm-hmm. had a huge impact on him and really changed him in a lot of ways. Yeah, And, and that really got him writing and thinking about, you know, what happens when we die and, you know, all of those kinds of things. But, and, and I don't have clear dates on this and I don't, there's a lot of information that I don't have, but I'm sure you can find if you look, but at some point, Chad got involved with, I'm going to call it a group because, well, okay, they're calling themselves now a multimedia company. Mm -hmm. Um, They refer to themselves as preparing a people. Now, I want to be clear that preparing a people has put out a public statement that they are in no way affiliated with Chad Daybell at all. Uh, It's pretty much a Chad who kind of situation. Um, Now, it's kind of funny because when you go to their Facebook page, um, there's been a lot of accusation that Chad and Laurie are involved in a cult. Mm -hmm. And that uh, accusation was pointed at preparing a people, the multimedia company. Mm -hmm. Um, Their at name on Facebook now is not a cult. Lol. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They also, I think quite intentionally say that they've had uh, several LSD speakers and authors in their indoctrination forum. I'm quite sure that's supposed to be LDS, but I think they might've spelled it wrong on purpose. Just my own guess. Um, they do talk significantly, though, um, about the history of them indoctrinating people. Mm-hmm. I have never worked with a multimedia company that indoctrinated me into anything. I'm just going to say. Um, but they very clearly say that they don't know Chad. They never worked with him. They have no idea what's going on with him. Okay, So they are an organization who has put on, or a group or a multimedia company or whatever, put, they put on um, various kinds of multimedia events that are focused around the second coming of Jesus Christ. So it is literally preparing people for the second coming of Christ and how that may bring about the apocalypse and how it's very important that you're prepared for that. So if you know what a prepper is, these folks are preppers, but they're prepping very specifically for a certain event. Now, I just want to tell you something funny. Um, I went to their website or to their Facebook page to learn more about them and to understand some of this. If you know anything about Facebook fan pages, there's always a list of related pages and number one related page with them is guess who Chad Daybell. (laughs) So if you click on him and you go to his public page, his banner his Facebook banner at the top is a picture of a preparing of people event that occurred in february of 2019 and the third speaker over from the left is chad daybell so clearly obviously they want to separate themselves from him which i completely understand who wants to be involved with these people who have potentially you know murdered someone have done away with some children or put them somewhere or done something you know they don't want to be you know um affiliated
1: which I understand but but well, they clearly... and in the beginning of this felt uh very harassed by the media as well yes. and so they're kind of fighting back I mean they go so far on their fan page as to uh, threaten anyone who uses their name with libel right you know which you know that' that's a little iffy uh threat you know <laughs> it, it is and and you
0: know but. I understand that they they're no longer affiliated with him that's pretty clear they don't want to have anything to do with him but but I do feel like that Chad's affiliation with them at some point um, is is when things kind of started to take a turn for him. And, and many people in Lori's family have said the same thing, that it was getting involved with these things that they started to take a turn. Now, I think, and, and Katie, you said this to me earlier, that now what the two of them have is sort of their own cult of their own making, that it is not affiliated with anyone other than themselves and their own... I I, I got to use the word delusional um, thinking and beliefs. Yeah. There's yeah. some really scary stuff going on here, but know that this is rooted in, first of all, um, originally the LDS religion. Then you have Chad and all of his books that are all about, you know, he's the doomsday writer. So all of this doomsday, second coming, um, apocalyptic stuff. He's gotten way into that as well as mediumship. And now Mm -hmm. he's moved from mediumship to prophecy.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Prophetic dreams. So, uh, um, you know, you, you may know this if you've been following this story, but Chad and Lori actually believe themselves to be gods. Mm -hmm. Um, they believe they can do anything they want because they're gods. Um, and 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 i want to talk about that for a minute because that is rooted heavily in lds belief and i know people don't like it when we talk about this but you and i mm-hmm. grew up with it we know that's true yeah that um mormons are taught or they we were taught as children mm-hmm. that if we followed all the rules and did all the stuff and were good kids our whole lives we would go to what was known as the celestial kingdom which is the highest level of heaven mm-hmm. and if you go to the celestial kingdom guess what you win your own planet in which you can be God over your own group of people. Mm-hmm. That was very much in Mormon doctrine when we were
1: kids. Yep. You and the spouse that you are sealed. Yes. With yes. yes. And there had to come. be one of those and they had yep. to be the opposite gender of you for sure. Yeah. And and you would become gods and goddesses of yes, yes. Your own, your own planet. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: Lori and Chad seem to have sped that up a bit. Um <laughs> As far as those beliefs are concerned, because they do, they both have put out, you know, statements that they do believe that. Now, I want to tell you something that's on his Facebook page right now. This was posted on um, Easter Sunday, which was April 12th, 2020. And he said, I want to wish all of my disciples, followers, students, subordinates, worshipers and fans a great Easter. Uh, that's legit, real. He wrote it himself on his own Facebook page. Okay. So that really tells you what he believes about himself. There's a huge element to this that is, is, and, and you see that with Lori in court, this idea that they, they know something we don't all know and that they are above all of this and that they don't really have to participate And None of this is
1: really going to have any impact on them. You really Mm -hmm. get that impression from them. Don't you think? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! If you have watched any files or tapes from Lori in court, particularly mm-hmm. her visit, her first visit to the Madison County courthouse, which if you want to see this kind of stuff, just go to Justin Loom's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. He is a reporter in Arizona who has cracked a lot of this case open, or Nate uh, Eaton in at East Idaho News. But yeah. yeah, you can see the live stream from her being in court, mm-hmm. and you will be horrified at her behavior. Yeah. Uh laughing and smirking, smirking. flirting with her attorneys. Uh her behavior is beyond shocking, really. It is. For it's someone who that's what strange. she's accused of. Very yeah. strange. It's yeah. so
0: incongruent, you know. It's so mm-hmm. it, it really I I you know, I, I can't diagnose anyone, but I am a social worker and I have some experience mm-hmm. with this. And I will say that if I saw someone behaving that way in that situation, their their behavior and mannerisms and things were so incongruent with the experience and the thing that was going on, I, it would indicate to me mental illness. It really yeah. would. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the what? What was I going to say? I don't know. I'm so, I'm so dumbfounded <laughs> by the whole thing at this point. It's just, it, but it's really important to understand where some of this has come from. That they appear to truly believe that they are gods, mm-hmm. that they are above the law. And here is the kicker: Chad had a prophetic dream. That the world was going to end or the second coming was happening or it was the apocalypse or whatever term you want to use is coming on July 22nd, right? Or
1: 20th. Of this year. Or yeah, 20th. Of one or the year.
0: other, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so part of this all along, you know, there have been lots of questions from people who know about their beliefs and, you know, this the, all where this has all taken them is that they – seem to think that maybe things, we won't even be around when it comes time for there to be an actual trial because it's all coming to an end. I mean, there's been a lot of prophetic stuff that has happened. But one thing that you should know is that Chad also had a prophetic dream that his wife, Tammy, was going to die. And guess what? Weirdly. She did. Weird. Now that is being investigated by the AG's office here in Idaho. And they're looking into the potential that that was a murder. Of course, as you know, um, it was initially deemed a natural death. Mm -hmm. Completely healthy woman didn't wake up at age 49. Yeah, seems legit to me.
1: Um, But But now, why wouldn't she? Well, and you know, I mean, he believed that one so much, apparently, that, you know, just within a couple of weeks of her death, he increased the life insurance on her exponentially. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that, also, uh, you can find more about that at East Idaho News. But yeah, yes. that's that's documented.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, the other thing that is documented is that uh, Lori was preparing for their wedding before she, before yeah. Tammy, the first wife, died, and that is also documented in her internet searches and uh, Amazon purchases. Well, she bought her wedding ring three she weeks did. before Tammy died. She did. She bought her wedding ring and was searching for a wedding dress three weeks before she died. You know, not only did they know she was going to die, they knew when. How
1: interesting. Was this a prophecy or a self-fulfilling prophecy? Right. And there's been a lot of that because Mm -hmm. going back to Charles Vallow, which
0: was Lori's previous husband who passed away last year when her brother shot him supposedly in self-defense, she believed that he was going to die and told multiple people that he was going to die. And had, you know, there had been some sort of
1: prophecy about that. And conveniently, that also occurred. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Now. Well, interestingly, with life insurance, there had been some. Yeah. Extreme issues because uh, Lori kept entering Charles' account where his life insurance was and locking him out of it. Yeah. That was
0: just broken by Justin Loom last night. Yeah. On Fox 10 in Arizona that, Mm -hmm. yeah, that they have proof now that she kept locking him out of that account so that he couldn't change his policy. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was the beneficiary at that time.
1: Mm -hmm. And their marriage was, as uh, you know, we've spoken about before, was on the rocks. I mean, he did at one point actually file for divorce. Yes. Earlier in 2019. Uh, Sadly for him, uh, you know, had a change of heart and then was killed. But, Uh, And he did manage to change that policy to his sister. He did. Uh, But yes, she was tampering with that account and trying to keep him out of it, which is quite telling. He communicated that to the insurance agency and said, you know, we have to
0: change this and there can't be. She, she is not allowed in this account. Um, he yeah. had reported to his own attorney that she had told him that he was going to die, that okay. she was going to kill him. Those things are mm-hmm. all documented long before he died. Mm-hmm. She made it pretty clear that she knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Now, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the beliefs that seem to um, have something to do with the children. Yeah. And now this came from Ian Pulowski. Mm, Ian Pulowski, who is married to Melanie, who is Lori's niece. I know. Get out your Venn diagrams, my friends. You're gonna need a lot mm-hmm. of string. Yep. Uh anyway. So he he is the new husband of Melanie known as Melanie Boudreaux to a lot of people. That was her previous married name. But She recently married this man, Ian Pulaski. And it appears from the things that Ian Pulaski has written that he he didn't have any idea what kind of crazy train he was marrying into.
1: (laughs) No, it sounds like most of uh, this stuff she spilled to him on their wedding night. Uh, Interestingly, they eloped to Las Vegas and got married the same weekend that Alex brother who uh you know is suspected to be the killer well that did kill chad or sorry charles um yeah charles my gosh the digital so charles names. right and uh you know is suspected of shooting at brandon boudreaux and suspected of shooting at tammy and you know i mean mm-hmm. he's you know what we've talked a lot about alex and we'll probably actually do a whole show on alex i'm sure he yes. his you know his uh, <laughs> involvement here warrants that but mm-hmm. uh alex got married to a woman named Zulima Pastinas the right. same weekend in Las Vegas that Melanie Boudreau and Ian Pulowski got married. And that I believe was in November or the very first part. It was the very end of November, first part of December. And then of course it was just a few days later that Alex died. But yes. at any rate, they they got married and she had only been divorced for a minute. From band Brandon Boudreaux. they had just barely gotten divorced right. when she married Ian Pulowski. Ian had also not been divorced for very long. He had a, a, an ex-wife and children that live here in the town that I live in, who also knew nothing of, uh, you know, this crazy train. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, in in some of the things that Ian has talked about, one of the beliefs that has come out of this whatever twisted convoluted situation that Chad and Lori are now in is the idea that a person can become a zombie. And a zombie is someone who their body is taken over by a demon or a slug. I don't know exactly what a slug is, but it's sort of like the idea of a walk-in where something else takes over a person's body. Mm -hmm. and And their light is gone their light is gone it's like their soul is gone but their body is still living apparently is Mm -hmm. what their belief is and the only way for them to uh be saved from that situation is for them to physically
1: die Mm -hmm. and right because isn't there a belief there that the soul is basically imprisoned or trapped trapped or something yeah
0: Yeah. And so then there have been reports of Lori referring to her children as zombies, referring to Charles as a zombie. Mm -hmm. So this gives, and no one really knew what that meant, but this gives a lot of context to that, that idea that they've become zombies and so they have to be killed in order to be saved. Uh, we're in a really scary place with all of that right now, I think, because it's pretty clear mm-hmm. that these, and I'm going to call them delusional beliefs because I, I think that that's the level that we've got. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because I want to mm-hmm. talk about how you get from trusting your intuition, you know, trusting your dreams to this. Um, but, but I want to say that that is, that's a lot of people are very concerned that, that that's a very scary, um, bit of information when it comes to where are the children yeah. and also the just the cold calculating way all of this has been handled as though mm-hmm. this had to be done that this was actually for the their best benefit you know one of the things that Lori said to her son colby after she was in jail is uh, don't worry we're all going to be together again soon and so there's some, you know. Of course, this is all speculation. We're just right, but understand that in that maybe right. that you know the world's going to end on July 20th, and so then they're all going to be back together again as a family. That's kind of the right.
1: End. Well, and you look at, I mean, the Mormon belief here would be yes that the uh, families are together forever. You know that if you have gone through yeah. the temple, you've been sealed together. Families will be together forever. Now, Chad and Lori seem to believe, uh, actually by their own mouths, uh, things that uh, witnesses have uh, heard them say, are that they have ascended above what uh, reg- teachings regular LDS te- teachings are for regular people. They've ascended above that. Those teachings don't apply to them so much anymore, but they still have that belief that families will be together forever, you mm-hmm. know. Granted that you have done, you know, the work that you're expected to do. And so, you know, when she says that, you know, to someone else that may have a different meaning. To, but to me, that makes my blood run cold because knowing that that is a very typical catchphrase in the LDS church that yes. families will be together forever. That's how mm-hmm. this goes. Yeah, was actually literally a hymn called that. Um, and
0: and yeah, so the idea that, you know, at some point they're all going to be dead and then they'll be back together. That 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 really is the implication. I and yeah, I, I one of the things that and I don't fully understand this part of it, but Chad and Lori have said that they believe that they are one of the 144,000, which are you mm-hmm. know a very special group of people that are going to do all this special work after the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh huh, that, that's a biblical that, belief, it is, yeah, it yeah. is a biblical belief, yeah, stretched it, I think, a bit
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, for their own benefit. Um, But they seem to think that now they really can't do any wrong, that anything that they do, they're doing for a higher purpose that the rest of us just don't understand. And that's why none of this matters, really. This is not a big
1: deal, even though we know that it is. Of course. And in Charles's divorce papers that, of course, never, uh, you know, never really got filed, completed. But in the divorce papers, he says that Lori told him that she is a god or a goddess, if you would like to, you know, put the female spin on it, but that uh, has been called to gather the 144. There are witnesses who do say that she has had approached them and told them that they were supposed to be a part of the 144,000. She was actively gathering the people that she was feeling compelled to be a part of what I think we can kind of loosely comfortably uh attribute to being the 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 cult of Ch- Chad and Lori you know that that's that's yeah. that's what this is about there are people who have said she approached them and they told her that uh they didn't really believe that they didn't think they were should be a part of that i suspect that Zulima pastina's uh, Ian Pulowski, others that they've kind of pulled in are people that she had identified as supposed to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing that's why those marriages happened. You know, there's, there's some beliefs here that there are, uh, you know, she's supposed to be gathering them together. I do think that it's probably, I think about her sitting in jail where she really, really, really didn't think that was going to happen. I do believe that she really felt like she was going to be able to bail out and just continue to do her work gathering her tribe here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because they're also, you know, they're professing that they believe that the second coming of Christ is going to occur right here where I live and that there will be tent cities here. Which is a huge departure from LDS beliefs.
0: Yeah. That's what it is. Sorry. So interesting. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of departure. So it's, you know, you have to know that this is, in some ways,
1: a weird spin off of l d s and in some ways it's not it's, it's not completely yeah, well, and to be very clear, obviously no l d s people believe that you should be killing your children or no. disposing of your ex or you know killing your spouses or right any of the nefarious things that have happened here, none of that is l d s doctrine in any way, no,
0: no, although but one of the things that is very heavy in LDS culture is prepping. We know, we look around it, you know, as Mm -hmm. children, we were taught that we should have two years of food storage at all times. You know, this idea that something bad was going to happen or something major was going to happen and that you were going to to be able to provide for your family with what you had right now. That was a huge Mm -hmm. belief. It still is a huge belief. And we, you know, we, our, our parents, you know, we've talked about it, but our parents weren't like super hardcore mormons and so no some stuff but you know we had a garden we did canning we had yeah. an extra freezer full of meat we definitely had a lot of extra food mm-hmm. um,
1: growing i on. can remember as adults for christmas some years yes our parents would give us food storage yes yeah. bags of wheat or you know flats
0: mm-hmm. of cans of vegetables and various uh-huh. things um so that kind of, you know, a, obviously everything that's happening here is being taken to the extreme and further, but that is a that is a very deep-seated cultural practice for Mormons, that the idea that the second coming is going to happen, mm-hmm. the second coming of Christ, and when it does, you need to be prepared. Now, here locally, that has expanded, of course, partially from, you know, the preparing a people group and other groups mm-hmm. that are, I think, mm-hmm. um, into stockpiling weapons, stockpiling ammunition, having Mm -hmm.
1: bunkers, you know, I mean, Uh, or tents. Mm -hmm. There was a really interesting interview. Yes. On East Idaho news with a person who apparently used to work for Chad, who, uh, you know, fell deeply into his beliefs for a while. And one of the things that he insisted that she purchase was this enormous, uh, canvas tent for her family to live in when the big D day comes yeah. and it was it cost her thousands of dollars that she didn't have to to sock away to have this tent but there was a belief that the uh LDS members would be called into action and they would be asking them if you had if you were prepared and you had done your work and you were really ready you would be a part of the white cities and And you would join the white city, interesting the white right? city. white oh mm-hmm. God. weird uh if you weren't and only kind of prepared, then you would be asked to join a, a blue city or a green city that uh, that's apparently where the less good kids go <laughs> yeah,
0: and all of this is supposed to be right here where we live. I think they mm-hmm. talked about that it would out be out near Yukon, which is a yeah. little town like ten mm-hmm. miles from where I live,
1: yeah, yeah, and so, yes. And so according to her, yeah, she had purchased, gone into an enormous amount of debt to purchase all of the food supplies, tent, all of the things, you know, that she was uh, asked to have. That was probably partially based on what she was learning from preparing a people. It was also based on his association and affiliation and hers with another website called A Voice of Oh yeah. Avow of something. Avow, Yeah. Another voice of warning. So this is there another, you go. another voice instance. of warning. And
0: this is also a local group. So the, you know, the, the preparing of people, mm-hmm. uh, as I understand it, the people that run that multimedia company live in this area. Um, the person that runs Avow also lives in this area. I got to tell you that Avow in our area is well known as a hate group. Um, very anti people of color, mm-hmm. uh, you know very patriarchal hate mm-hmm. stuff
1: yeah, yeah very uh, anti-lgbt yes yep.
0: yeah so you've got this combination of preppers people expecting that the world is going to try to come to an end at any moment and uh-huh. then also only the white straight christian people are the good people so you can imagine uh-huh. that this is a, uh, you know a combination of it's a recipe for disaster, which is it obvious.
1: is sort of where we're at with this situation. But mm-hmm. it is well, and it's interesting with Avow Aval because Avow has been around for quite a while, yeah. and apparently the person who started Avow in the first place was it was more about uh, religious people discussing church doctrine, and most of it was really just people like dissecting a scripture or or a story or something, and you know it was more of like a, a religious study group. And then over time, it kind of rolled into what it is now. It is a paid site. There are parts of the site that you can view. Uh, it's a forum. Then there's parts of the site the site you can view. But if you really want to get hardcore and into it, you have to pay for access to the site. It is owned now. It was purchased from the original uh, owner. Uh, and the person that purchased it is a person named Christopher Parrott. Christopher Parrott is a good friend of Chad's. It was reported that when he first got home from Hawaii, uh, Chad actually lived with Christopher for a time. Christopher's been very outspoken uh, on news stories and mm-hmm. uh, in uh, you know in the news and uh, you know all over the internet, uh, claiming that you know that that Chad is a good person and that the kids are safe. This was a custody battle, and that everybody's just freaking out over nothing and. He keeps saying that Uh, at one point, he actually made a public statement that he was disgusted that the FBI had not been to talk to him yet so that he could tell them what he knew. (laughs) I guess that was a call out. uh, Uh, I guess. Right. So So Chris is a player here.
0: He's also implied in, in like public Facebook groups that he knew where the kids were, that he knew exactly where and what was going. Mm -hmm. Turns out. No, it doesn't.
1: Um, No, it seems to not really be true. It, no. seemed a little more like maybe he was just drawing more uh attention to himself and to his site maybe yeah yeah trying
0: to make some money well, there was mm-hmm. a portion of the site in which you had to pay to have access to Chad specifically yeah Chad had his own forum on mm-hmm. this group and you had to pay he's it's since been pulled down as I understand but where you paid to actually have direct access with him so this is the to kind of the profit yeah yeah literally that's and that's. That's uh pretty heretical in the LDS church. That's yeah. getting pretty extreme and far afield because you know the Mormons have mm-hmm. their own prophet and no one else is mm-hmm. allowed to call themselves that. So yeah. it was things like that that did get Chad excommunicated from the Mormon mm-hmm. church. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, you can do your own research on these groups. You can learn more about it. It's a huge topic. We didn't want to mm-hmm. get into All of it, because it's just, it's too much. But I think you may get some idea of where this, well, and I guess what we need to say is that at some point, Lori became involved with this group and got to know Chad. Mm -hmm. And that's when things started to go crazy for her. That's when people in her life said she changed very much. She started Mm -hmm. talking about this really extremist stuff. And you know, there's proof that she was affiliated with Chad one way or another for at least a couple of years prior Mm -hmm. to them actually marrying each other. So um, somehow, you know, some pretty heavy influence has occurred there. I've seen a lot of people say that Chad is just an innocent victim in all of this. And I, you know, no, he's not. No, This all originated with him. Mm -hmm. She wasn't involved with this stuff until she got involved with him. She was on some podcasts with him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, there's a lot of podcasting and video production and stuff. Uh, you know, they're a multimedia company, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, anyway, But, but so, any podcast that involved Lori or Chad has been pulled. Yes, you can't find it. They're, they're gone. Yeah. you can. Have them. Yeah, <laughs> can <have> them, <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. find them
0: publicly anymore.
1: Uh, Not on a voice yeah, of website, they're gone. But yeah, yeah, right.
0: Um, it's a voice of warning. Another voice of warning.
1: Is what Abe Oh, right. Saying. Sorry. No, I meant a preparing a people. Oh, preparing people. Right. It, it, it was also, their podcast that they were on at one point. I encourage so. you to do your own research on this
0: and to learn about mm-hmm. it. It's, it's a lot. But I wanted to have a conversation because Katie and I have both worked as professional psychics and healers. And we, you know, we, we don't see that as not mainstream kinds of stuff, really. But what somewhere in all of this, Chad went awry. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you would give us an opinion and I'll pop in there with some too about how, how does that happen? Because it's not like he's the first person to have some really significant spiritual experiences to become a medium, all those things to go uh, a little too far and to go off the rails. So where do you think that happens with somebody?
1: With Chad, I have a few thoughts on it. I mean, he he uh, by his own word has had two different near death experiences, uh, that have shaped some of his uh, experience, which makes me wonder, like from a physical place, if his brain is okay. You know, Uh, that's part of it. Uh, But I feel like really what has happened is that as he started sharing experiences, as he started gaining a little notoriety that kind of stuff really went to his head and yeah, we've seen that. And, you know, I mean, I think about healers like John of God, you know, or the, the Mm -hmm. Bikram yoga guy, you know, that actually ended up being like sexual predators, you know, right. They didn't start out that way. You guys, they started out deeply enmeshed in what they were doing and they believed in what they were doing. And I think Chad was the same. Mm -hmm. I feel like as more people though, Started nipping at his heels, started uh, kind of venerating him, you know. Started looking at him as somebody that they really listened to and looked up to. I feel like his sense of self-importance grew and grew, mm-hmm. and as that grew, perhaps his uh, ability to cross the lines between what his intuition was telling him and what his ego was telling him mm-hmm. got uh, got their wires crossed. Yeah. I. I suspect that it wasn't, you know, that he was already on that road. But when Lori met him and got so bananas for him and started feeding him full of her visions and her ideas and all of the things that she believed him to be, I feel like that really flipped a switch in him. I don't think that started it, but I think she really poured gasoline on his fire yeah. and they started fueling each other in a really, really unhealthy way. Yeah. I would imagine that Chad actually has some gifts. I think he does. Mm-hmm. I think he would have to, mm-hmm. to get the, to start gathering the following that he had, you know, he has some gifts, but somewhere along the way, he went from a place of, just wanting to help other people to wanting to be worshipped by other people. And to me, that's where, you know, that's probably where he took the the, the wrong road. I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree. I, I
0: do feel like as when you do psychic work or healer work, you have to really keep your ego in check and you have to remember that you're still yeah. just a regular person like everybody else. And, you know, I do think that some mm-hmm. of his, his religious beliefs got involved in there too, that whole idea of being a God and, you know, being raised a white male in the Mormon church does teach you that you have a lot of power and yes. that you have a lot of value above other people that mm-hmm. I did his Facebook post about his subordinates, that word. Oh my gosh. Wow. But it so doesn't surprise me because we grew up in that culture and we know that men were given such a higher standing than women and particularly white men. Mm -hmm. And and so that was already built into him from childhood, unfortunately. And I think that that was a big part of it as well, Mm -hmm. that his ego just took off on him. And yeah, I mean, there's a very fine line between what your intuition says and what your ego tells you, you you know, what you want and, and what is true. And yes, you know, I think about the things like, you know, with, with Lori's husband, you know, well, he's going to die. Well, you know, they were very unhappily married. They had a lot of problems. She probably had a wish that he could die so that it would just be over, you know, mm-hmm. and that got blown out. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Chad had decided he didn't want to be with his wife anymore. And same thing, you know, that idea mm-hmm. that, well, what you want becomes your intuition. So if you want it, then it's going to happen, you know. Yeah. I. Yeah, I, it all got really really mixed up but I really mm-hmm. truly feel like there is some mental instability here particularly with Lori uh so oh, yeah, yeah some delusional stuff that's going on with mm-hmm. her this is very concerning because she mm-hmm. seems to be completely unconcerned about the fact that her children are missing and she's in jail she's not having contact with them or anyone who knows them there's nothing going on here in which if they no. were Somewhere that she was just, you know, able to just check on them periodically or something. That's not happening. No. And yet she's so confident that this is all just gonna go away. Right. And you know, the the whole thing about like when Christopher Parrott said it and that, you know, the kids are fine and this is just a custody thing. If that were true, don't you think Lori would have proven it by now so that she
1: could get out of jail? <laughs> right. It's not true. She had the opportunity to prove it before she ever went to jail. She did, and she did not. She's had lots of opportunities, you know. And I still see people online saying, "If she would just turn over the location of the kids, this would all be over." And I go, "No, it won't. Mm -mm. No, it won't. This has gone way too far now." You know? Well, it has because there are other
0: criminal charges now, not just yeah. The child abandonment is, of course, is the is the biggie, but there
1: are other right. Well, and that's it. I mean, to the Christopher parents of the world uh, who, you know, obviously are still believing what they're saying and actually think that maybe this is a child custody case. I'm so confused about how they can ignore the pile of bodies at Lori's feet. You know, I know I that that's very hard to most of us will never experience A murder or an accidental death or a shooting by, you know, self-defense in our lifetimes, in our lifetimes. And yet uh, there are so many, if there are too many coincidences for, I think, most reasonable people to go, well, yeah, that can just be explained away by this. And of course that can be explained away by that. Particularly because all of the people who have passed were inconvenient
0: people in her life conveniently you know her ex-husband who was fighting her for custody passes away conveniently her husband who she was you know not getting along with well passes away conveniently the mm-hmm. wife of the uh, of the um man she wants to be with passes away and then conveniently the man who did kill her husband self defense or not he did mm-hmm. Um, he also passes away so that that affiliation with her and how these people could all be inconvenient in her life. And then they're gone has a great deal of weight in my mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That if you get in her way,
0: well, and of course now her children, you know, we know Mm -hmm. because she's said it publicly to people. There's lots of, um, there are lots of witness statements that say that they did things like say that Lori didn't have any children or that she, her, she was an empty mm-hmm. nester. She only had older children or that her daughter died a year ago, you know, lying about mm-hmm. every having kids. So it yeah. does appear as though they became inconvenient to her as well. Uh-huh. And now they're gone.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yep. And I, always, I want to come back around to, that's what's the most important in this story right now is those missing. Mm-hmm. kids.
1: Right. Well, Melanie, Boudreaux Pulowski did tell the Chandler police that when they asked her where the children were, uh, said that sometimes kids are full of light and then they're not. Yeah, that was her answer. If that doesn't chill you to the bone, I don't know what will. Right, you know. Right goes right. And you got to think about Tylee was sixteen. Tylee was sixteen. She what had been through the death of her father and her stepfather, she'd been moved all over the place. Do you think this kid had some attitude? You I'll bet. that she was full of it. You yeah. know, after raising three teenagers, hell yes, she was mm-hmm. probably difficult as hell. You know, I'm sure that she was giving her mother a run for her mother. She was sick to she death to of all of head. this BS. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that she was. You I know. thought
0: about that too, about that, mm-hmm. you know, JJ is young enough that he would just kind of go along with mom, but at 16, uh-huh. Tylee, not so much.
1: Yeah, surely Tylee. And, and there has been some speculation about what did, did Tylee, uh, you know, did she believe in her mother's beliefs? Friends and family members that are associated say no, say no that she didn't, Um, that she fought her mom on this stuff, that she did not subscribe to this stuff. And so, That, too, makes me wonder, you know, how mouthy, combative, difficult did Tylee get? Uh, Had Tylee, I'm guessing Tylee, well, she had because she was in his car, uh, according to the FBI, that, uh, you know, Tylee knew Chad. So Tylee was not stupid. She probably had put this together that her mother was having an affair with a married man. I just think about the fact that Tylee wasn't a dumb kid. She was smart. And she was had a voice and she probably had called her mother and perhaps chat out many, many times. And when you think about kids are full of light and then they're not, well, was it a kid who had called bullshit on her mom and all of the stuff she was up to? And then you look at JJ, who was disabled and it sounds like was, you know, he was autistic and he could be combative and was quite difficult. And all of his coping mechanisms, like his dog and his dad disappeared from his life I don't know this but I'm going to assume that he was probably pretty challenging yeah oh I bet it was and how is a goddess to gather her 144,000 together with these damn kids right exactly exactly yeah
0: Well, that's what we know for now. We're going to continue to cover this. And it's so interesting how more things just Mm -hmm. continue to roll out. There was a big controversy this week about that um, they had to move some of her hearings because of Mm -hmm. the coronavirus and because of our state Mm -hmm. shutdown. And there was a big drama over Mm -hmm. that, that her rights were being infringed upon and, you know, just her rights to not get the disease or anyone else. So, you know, whatever. Um, So we're keeping
1: an eye on the news and we're going to continue to update you with this story. Yeah. In fact, her attorney has filed this week for an enormous amount of paperwork. Yes. Uh, Interestingly, and I I have a message into an attorney friend. I will report more on this later as we know the answers to some of these questions. But what her attorney did and remember that her attorney is not a criminal law attorney. And he's had some missteps already in filings and and filing things incorrectly because obviously he's not done this before, you know. But he uh, some people have said that he's a friend of the family. He's a friend of Chad's and that's why he remains here. But anyway, her attorney, Mark Means, this week, filed a whole stack of briefings with the attorney general's office demanding an enormous amount of paperwork from them wants them by the 6th of May. And I mean, it's things like teller tapes from conversations that Charles had at banks with tellers. I mean, that's how in-depth this is. The really interesting thing, though, is that Lori has not been charged with anything by the AD or by the AG, nothing yet, you know. And yet her attorney is filing for all of the evidence he can think of to get ahead of it and get a look at it before she's even been charged, which is really interesting. I think they know uh, it's coming. I think the AG uh, yeah that,
0: the investigation of Tammy Daybell's death, I think they know it's coming, and he's trying mm-hmm. to get out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I suspect so. So anyway, pretty interesting. Um, you know, it, it's it's if the AG could produce that by the 6th of May, which I can't imagine that they could, but if they could, that is enough paperwork that it would bury Mark Mean's office for months. Yeah, combing through all of that, yeah. it, it's an interesting um, tactic. It's something that I'm trying to get a little more information on for all of us to understand the wherewithals of doing so. And, but yeah, that's one of the big things that happened this week. So we'll we'll keep you abreast of that as well. And. um and we'll probably go through you next time with a list of all of the things that they asked for as well, because mm-hmm. it is pretty fascinating, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it tells us a lot. Well, it's kind of, it's been very interesting to to uh, cover this case with all of you, yeah. and we know it's a little bit of a departure from what our podcast normally is, but we just feel like we're we're currently living it in our community, and we feel like it's good mm-hmm. to talk about it and to be yeah. present with you about it, because if you're you know mad as hell about it, like lots of people are. You probably want to know the background. So we're going to continue to share that. And Katie, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And this has (laughs) been True Crime Paranormal with the
1: Psychic Sisters. We'll see you next week. Sounds good. Bye, guys. Take care.